0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke.
1: Glory to you, Lord Christ.
0: On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There are subtleties in our gospel this morning which may not grab our attention upon first reading. Take, for instance, the setting of the story. Luke tells us that on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus passes through the region between Galilee and Samaria. Now, Galilee, which is inhabited mostly by Jews, is where Jesus was born and where he spent most of his ministry. And Samaria is a region just south of Galilee where the despised Samaritans live. Jesus and the ten who suffer from leprosy meet in the region between Galilee and Samaria. But here's the thing, geographically speaking, there is no region between Galilee and Samaria, just as there is no region between the United States and Canada. Therefore, when Luke speaks of this in-between region, he's not speaking geographically, but symbolically and spiritually. Now, as I mentioned in a sermon not long ago, in between space has been called by many spiritual leaders liminal space, threshold space, what the Celtic people called thin places, where the boundary between this world and the next is very thin, and wherein what we have always been certain about, our beliefs, our prejudices, even our own self-identity, begins to seem a bit hazy, indistinct, and uncertain. In between space, liminal space, is where people are more susceptible to being changed and transformed. Now, leprosy in biblical times was widely considered a punishment from God for sin. Therefore, while leprosy is physically somewhat contagious, the main concern in biblical times was that people with leprosy or with other skin diseases that looked similar to leprosy were ritually unclean. Uncleanliness being defined as that which opposes holiness or which pollutes what is pure. And since the Jewish people wanted to be holy and pure, Jewish law, spelled out in the book of Leviticus, required that those suffering from leprosy be distanced from the community living outside the town. They were to tear their clothes, dishevel their hair, and whenever they were in any proximity to other people, they were to cover their upper lip with their hand and shout, Unclean, unclean. They had to beg for their food, and even their dead bodies were not allowed to be buried in the community cemetery next to their relatives. They were outcasts in every way. And the only way those suffering from leprosy could remove their ritual uncleanliness was for them to go to the priests and show them that the appearance of their skin had returned to normal. Then the priests could certify that the person was now ritually clean and was allowed to return to his community, his family, and his old way of life. As today's gospel begins, 10 people suffering from leprosy meet Jesus in this in-between liminal space and they call out to Jesus, asking for mercy. And Jesus tells them to go and show themselves to the priests. And Luke tells us that as they went, they were cleansed. But one of those suffering from leprosy, a Samaritan, seeing that he had been healed, turns back to Jesus, praising God with a loud voice and prostrating himself at Jesus' feet, thanking him. And Jesus responds, were not 10 made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Where are the other nine? They're doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. They're going to show themselves to the priests so they might be officially certified as clean. And so why is Jesus upset? Is is his ego hurt because the other nine didn't come back and thank him? No. Jesus isn't upset because they don't thank him. He's upset because they don't see what the Samaritan sees, that the source of their healing was God. Seminary professor Amy Schifrin notes, Only one of the ten sees the kingdom of God has come near. Now today's gospel reading ends at verse 19, but if we were to read the very next verse, verse 20, we would hear Jesus say, the kingdom of God does not come in such a way as to be seen. No one will say, look, here it is, or there it is. I believe what Jesus is saying is the kingdom of God does not come in such a way as to be seen with the eyes of the flesh, but rather with the eye of the soul, the eye of the heart. In the famous children's book, The Little Prince, the little prince says, it's quite simple. One sees clearly only with the heart. Anything essential is invisible to the eyes. And if you'd rather have a quote from someone with a little more theological authority than the little prince, St. Augustine wrote, the whole purpose of this life, the reason we celebrate the sacraments, the reason we read the scriptures, is to restore to health the eye of the heart Whereby God may be seen. Bible scholar David Lowes also believes that seeing with the eye of our heart is central to the Christian life. He writes, "Our Sunday worship is not simply about hearing God's story or even praising God in response. Rather, Hearing the story through scripture and sermon and praising through song and gifts is all intended to help us see God at work in our lives and in the world. Perhaps this is even the key to Christian life. Before we are called to believe or confess or help or do, we are called simply to see. And to help others do the same. Seeing makes all the difference. Unquote. The difference between the Samaritan and the other nine suffering leprosy is that the Samaritan sees God and the kingdom of God with the eye of the heart, and it changes him. He turns around praising God and falling at Jesus' feet, he thanks him. John Shea notes, Genuinely praising God involves consistently seeing into the source of life. Our normal sight that takes in discrete persons and objects takes on an added dimension We become aware of the ultimate mystery that supports and permeates all that is. We sense the creative energies that are always flowing from that mystery. We also become aware that we do not possess that mystery, and so we do not have power over it. Life is on lease and we are truly tenants who will never be able to claim ownership. And yet, the mystery continues to sustain us freely and abundantly. A gradual trust develops, a trust in the source beyond the vicissitudes. We move into the recognition that the mystery is love. And we may laugh at how obvious it now seems and how necessary it is to say yes to it. How necessary it is to say yes to it. And we have that choice, my friends, to say yes to the ultimate mystery that supports and permeates all there is and to enter into the creative energies that are always flowing from that mystery today's gospel story is about 10 people who are healed by those energies and each of those 10 is faced with a decision what is more important getting back to life the way it was, or getting a whole new life? It is a question we must ask ourselves also. Richard Rohr says, when Jesus spoke of the coming of the reign of God, he was trying to change people's foundational worldview. And what is our foundational worldview? How do we primarily see? Through the eyes of the flesh or the eyes of the heart? When we look out at the world and see it dualistically, us versus them, American versus foreigner, Republican versus Democrat, etc we are seeing through the eyes of the flesh, the eyes of the kingdom of this world. When we look out at the world and see that we are, all of us, children of the one God whose name is love, sustained by the creative energies flowing from the ultimate mystery that supports and permeates all there is, keenly aware that our very life is gift and not our own, then we are seeing through the eyes of the heart the eyes of compassion, the eyes of that Samaritan who turned around, turned to Jesus, and was saved, healed,
0: and made whole.